You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello. James, you know what my favorite part of doing this show is? It's at least one to one and a half hours a week that I'm not on Facebook. That's just... <laughs> That's just, well, I'm mostly not on Facebook. Sometimes during the super fan segment, I'm scrolling. I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, I spent so much time raging on social media. I'm so happy to be talking to you and everyone else. I have been advised that you were involved in quite a uh, terse conversation with a particular individual on social media. Yeah, the, yeah. okay, fine. We'll talk about that off, off the air. Coming up on today's show, it is our Sachi Sochi preview show. We will be live streaming from the Saatchi main event, asterisk. All the skinny on that, coming up later. Richard Orford will be back on commentary duties for that event, and he had <laughs> duties. He is joining us on the show today, right? It's funny still. Uh, Richard is a guy whose takes on movies I 99% agree with. Uh, so I have come up with a movie trivia game for he and James to play against each other for once. If you were going to match our movie compatibility, what percentage would you put it at? 80%. Really? Only 80? Yeah, because there's like, there's a lot of movies that you really love or really dislike that I just don't want to argue with you about. So I just sort of agree with you when you're like, I want to your ass. <laughs> uh, also, yes, we've got the Saatchi revelation coming up in just a bit. That's why I said asterisk uh, a few moments ago. Uh, and James and... Richard's movie quiz is not the only quiz. Uh, Mikaway Sip is this week's super fan. And I don't know if you guys remember this name or not. Uh, he is the guy that won the Platinum Pass in the Bahamas from watching our coverage. I don't know how jazzed he's going to be to try to win a $22 tournament ticket. But, hey, he's on the show. Should be a good time. Uh, and he's doing Friends trivia. So because he's already won the Platinum Pass, uh, James, in preparation for this, I rewatched all nine seasons of Friends yesterday. I don't believe you. <laughs> I didn't. Now, here's, I, have, I have a genuine question for you. Serious question. Yeah. Serious question. If you did the exact same Friends quiz <laughs> as we did last time, do you think I would win? No. I don't either. <laughs> oh, Joe, we have to start the show with a bloody apology again. In fact, you know what? Let's just run the apology kittens under this entire segment of the show to make up for the fact that <laughs> they fucked up the free roll again. What, what happened this time? There was 30 minutes of late uh -huh. registration, which should not have been. Remember, we did say no late reg. That wasn't no the brief. No late reg. And that allowed literally hundreds of Russians to find the password on a forum. And that meant that the lobby filled up with loads of value hunters who clearly weren't Poker in the Ears fans. I am very, very sorry. But the lions has roared. The Tony guys have <laughs> apologized. And based on the emails that I have been CC'd on in the last 48 hours, it is highly unlikely that we will go 0 for 3. So details coming up later. <laughs> and... I know many people have been saying, can't you just run a home game instead or give it to the unofficial home game group that's been set up? We're still going to persevere with this because I'm determined that through trial and error, hopefully more of the trial and less of the error, we can get this right. Maybe we just have a huge Russian contingent 
that listens to the podcast. I'm going to say that the Russian forum that posted the free roll password is probably responsible for more of those players being in the free roll than there are people listening to this show. But hey, you knock yourself out if you want to buy into that. No collusion, James. That's all I'm saying. There's been no collusion with Russia. Hey, do you guys you guys get uh, the movie ne- uh, Annihilation on Netflix? I believe it's on Netflix. It is on my list. But because I'm currently watching Mindhunter, finally, uh, I haven't got around to watching Annihilation yet. Is producer Ben in the studio? He's not. You know, this is really weird. There's so much going on here right now because everyone yeah. is just trying to get loads of shit finished before they get on a plane to Sochi. And that means I'm doing everything. I'm pressing all the buttons. I'm playing the role of James. I'm playing the role of Ben. I'm playing the role of Giles. So I'm literally on my own today. So, yeah, well, two, two of my Ben was going to watch it over the weekend. And I want to see what he thinks, because he has a cool podcast about like uh, bad movies or sci fi movies or whatever. Um, two of my friends went to the premiere of Annihilation and they said it was so bad that the the after party was awkward. Like it was like a really somber. This is so nut. weird because I have heard literally nothing negative about Same, this film. other than that. And when you consider that it's Alex Garland and it's got a stellar cast, including Natalie Portman, signs would point to this being pretty good. Yeah, and so Ben is the guy who also I generally agree with his takes on movies, so I wanted to see what he thought, but whatever, he's out busy doing stuff. Wait, what did you you said you've been watching Mindhunters. I've been watching Mindhunter. How fucking cool is that show? Excellent show. And it doesn't surprise me. I think the first two episodes maybe are directed by David Fincher and they have the exact same look and feel as Zodiac, which I thought was a very underrated movie that Fincher made in the mid 2000s. Zodiac is a masterpiece. Zodiac's a 10 out of 10. Like movies do not get better than Zodiac. Yeah. I have a request, Joe, or a, a, a question. Can we get a shout out is the question for a gentleman called Chris Hopgood from Wimbledon, just down the road from where I live in Southwest London, because this guy took part in the big race, which was a joint promotion between poker stars and bet stars there was a two dollar poker game and the top 14 finishers were then assigned a horse in the cheltenham gold cup which is a huge horse race here in the uk so chris came 12th and for his 12th place finish in that two dollar tournament he was assigned native river native river won the gold cup so because chris's horse won he bagged a $3,000 Pokestars festival marbella package i think that's pretty cool so does he get a shout out I'm going to answer your question with another question. And that question is, what is a shout-out? Well, it's kind of like, yo, Chris Hopgood from Wimbledon. You were watching Finton and Spraggy. You heard about this $2 game. You jumped in, and then you got the horse, and the horse won, and now you're going to Marbella. Woo, big up, yeah. So it's like, so it's like congratulations, Chris. Yes. Man, that- you 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 finished, You only finished 12th in the poker tournament, but your horse won. You the man, bro. Yeah, like that, that. that's exactly what we want. No, nah, I don't do shout-outs. Okay still don't do those okay. did you see that uh, that alex foxen and his girlfriend Kristen bicknell who i didn't realize was the girlfriend he was helped move i don't know if we said that on the air or not but when i when we tried to get him on the show he's like oh, i'm so sorry i forgot i was gonna help my girlfriend move turns out that girlfriend unless it was his old girlfriend moving out but i think he was talking about Kristen <laughs> bicknell and the two of them are like smashing Macau right now. Absolutely. Winning back-to-back events. Kristen won the uh, APPT Macau National High Roller for 280 grand. And then Alex, who's clearly not experiencing bad karma for (laughs) biffing us off at the 11th hour, he crushed, and I'm quoting here from the media release, he crushed the Super High Roller, winning nearly a million dollars. And to put things into perspective, this is his third huge score in as many months. Uh, So I'm going to ask the question, do you think we can actually get him on the show? 
We should try to get him on the show. I think we should try we and should, get him on the show. Uh, we should probably try to get him on the show. Uh, he said that he would be willing to come on uh, the show another time, but I knew that we've got a break coming up. We have. We've got our three-week Easter break coming up, but there's so much to get through before that because we've just mentioned that the APPT Macau is running right now and getting underway in Russia, the EPT has returned. is a piece of music you'll be hearing a lot over the next few days. I believe it's called Running Away. It's from the usual uh, audio network, Free Music Library. And that is the official theme of Sochi 2018. And yes, we are going to break down EPT Sochi right now. I'm very pleased to be joined on the podcast by a man whose voice you might be a little bit familiar with because he's been with us for the last few events. Richard Orford, welcome to Poker in the Ears. Thank you very much, James. Why have you called the uh, theme tune to uh, our next event "Running Away"? It doesn't. So that's what the, ca- that's counterintuitive, doesn't that's it? We what want the pe- tracks called. We want to welcome people. Exactly. The, yeah. the track is called that, but that's why I've rebranded it. The theme from Sochi. I see. Twenty eighteen. Um, Joe, it's obviously very important that Richard is here for this segment because you have to use your phrase, a startling revelation that's going to shock and appall our entire listenership. Yeah, well, it's weird that the Saatchi theme tune is called Running Away because, guys, I am not going to Saatchi. I am not going to be live streaming from Saatchi, from the Saatchi event. Uh, I got another gig. I got this other gig. You guys have been hearing me talk about it a little bit here and there, mentioning it, see it on my social media. It was a you know a 13-week thing. So, yeah, and, and – uh, Poker Stars was cool, and they said, "Look, we understand you got this other opportunity, and we got, you know, Sachi is just a, a, a five-day stream, so um, I I didn't incur too much wrath, I don't think. I from think the people I work with. It's also the fact that you know during Prague he could hardly speak. Mm. Uh, during the PCA, he didn't show up for the first couple of days, so we yeah. kind of become used <laughs> to you not being around. So basically, James, this is how I get work. I, it's Joe, it's Joe being ill or Joe getting other job offers, which keeps my family fed. That's how I put bread on the table. Thanks, Joe. I Thanks, am, mate. I appreciate I, it. I'm, I'm very happy to have Richard on board for this, though, because I think he's super talented, and I'm upset because James and I do the show uh, over uh, webcam so we can see each other. I can't see Richard, and he's so fucking handsome, <laughs> and I am – like, he's just traditionally <laughs> handsome, and I, I'm a little upset that I can't see him. Um, so, obviously, Joe, we will miss you for the Sochi stream. You will be back from Monte Carlo, though. Yes, I made it as a part of my deal. Basically, I asked them for the show, uh, the new show I'm doing. I said, hey, can I have two weeks off to go do live streams? And they were like, "Ah, it's only a 13-week show. We don't want to lose you twice. And it's the very first episode I would have missed. Uh, 
to do the the Saatchi stream. So I we just couldn't do that. So, but yes, I have made it a, a, a hole, a donut hole in my schedule to uh, come do Monaco. <laughs> That's, so that, I will be I'll back. I'll tell you what, Joe, that is very big of you. That the fact that you can't make it on this huge flight over to a quite an obscure place in Russia, but you can make it to one of the most glamorous, amazing places on planet Earth for Monte Carlo. Well am, done. I, am I to am I to take this this scathing <laughs> indictment to mean that Richard hasn't been asked to do Monaco yet? <laughs> I will be doing Monte Carlo if you get struck by a sudden illness. So you know, watch this space. I'll tell you what, the odds are high. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing: this is where I do what I call my information dump, which is all the key information, which is largely aimed at the audience but what normally happens at this point is joe scribbles stuff down furiously because it's the first time he's hearing about what days we're streaming what hours we're doing so it may be actually james you're more right than you know except i didn't even think to write it down so but that's a great idea and i'm gonna do it also i didn't know richard was gonna be in the studio i'm sure that was said out loud somewhere but i'm like oh yeah richard's why wouldn't he newsflash i I do actually live in london uh yeah i know (laughs) so just in case you don't know any of this richard you can uh you can impart this information as well okay um we're going on air on sunday it's coming sunday the 25th of march it's only a five-day stream because we're just doing five days of the main event so that's sunday through thursday and because of the time difference we're going to be live earlier than normal for the european audience we're going live at 11 30 a.m central european summertime and that's 10 30 a.m uk time and it's very weird to be doing poker at 10 30 in the morning just to confuse things as well don't the clocks go forward on sunday they do and i've adjusted so the weird thing is the clocks in russia don't change oh, they, they stay on the same oh, time my, my brain hurts so at the moment it's a three yeah. hour difference but oh. on sunday which is our first day of transmission the time difference is reduced to two hours okay. so uh, Europe is an hour behind Russia. We're two hours behind Russia. So we are going on air at 10.30, Europe go at uh, 11.30, Russia 12.30. And the reason, by the way, it's half an hour, there we're cards up every day, and that's why there's that 30-minute nice. delay. You, you lost me so, at hello, but, but so I will be there I did, on the day. I did take notes on that, realizing that I'm not going anyway, no, so that was a huge waste of time. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to make notes on this occasion. I was just using that as the example so that Richard <laughs> could make notes as he's actually involved in the broadcast. Uh, Secondly, I can't even believe the United States of America is not already on Russian time. Like, that's crazy. How long can we make that switch over? A little bit of politics. Um, the, the, the takeaway from this is, if I turn up three hours late, I have my excuse ready-made. So there you go. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Thanks. Uh, fortunately, we do have uh, a decent pool of commentators working on this apart from myself and Richard you'll hear the voices of Finton Hand, Benjamin Sprague and Igor Kurganov mm. Igor is going to be with us for a couple of levels every day as well to add that unique Russian perspective to our coverage from Sochi we are cards up every day and just to be clear even though this is going to be very different to PCA 2018 it's not a production on the same scale we're not going to have the breakout desk the analysts booth we're not going to have the live break content uh, we're not doing super high roller coverage uh, but we are still going to be cards up and we're still going to have those experts breaking down hands um there are some changes for Sochi, Joe. I don't know if you heard about this, but Sochi is going to be a single re-entry per flight event. Um, okay. So that's going to be slightly different. It won't affect us per se because we don't kick off our coverage till day two. And obviously, registration closes at the top of day two. It becomes a freeze-out at that point. So we're not going to have to worry about the whole re-entry element. But it does mean that they're going to be playing 10 levels during those day one flights. So we will be joining the action slightly later than we normally do. And the other thing, which is a big change, which we will feel the effect of, is 
the big blind ante is going to be a thing. And I'm sure anyone who follows anyone in the poker world on social media will have seen the debates, the discussions, the pros, the cons. Crucially, the vast majority of players seem to like the implementation of the big blind ante in in main events. It speeds up the action. um, And because of that, we're doing it. Mm. We're do- we've taken it on board. So, Soch, you'll be the first time we see that in action. I can completely understand why you would do it from an admin perspective of yes. speeding the game. But what effect does that have? Even though it's the same amount of money going into the middle, the same blood, that must have some kind of psychological game dynamic effect. It does. And where it's been run as an experiment in some of the high roller events on our tour, the games have actually run much quicker. Mm. And obviously, it puts pressure on short stacks because... Let's say, for example, the blinds are 5,000, 10,000. Now, whoever's in the big blind is posting a 10,000 big blind and a 10,000 ante on behalf of the table. Now, Joe, have you seen any of the debates that have been taking place about big blind ante recently? I actually do have some experience with a big blind ante. Uh, her name was Gladys, <laughs> and she she died of heart disease. <laughs> um, yes, I have. I have. Se- I can't believe that. Come on, that's that's like a top. That's a bottom 10 joke for me. Um, there, uh, I saw some of the arguing going on back and forth between Daniel and uh, a tournament director from the Borgata. Yeah. Um, and uh, as usual, and I, maybe it's because I'm a fanboy or whatever, but like I, Daniel's makes more sense, uh, his side of the argument about how um, it, the, the way he wants to do it favors like a recreational player. Um, and it makes it – it was about being all in. Yes, and, and what you could win. Considering give an your example? portion of the ante is technically only one eighth of whatever you've just put in. Would you like me to give an example? Yes. Okay. So the whole argument is: if a player is short stacked, if a player does not have enough chips to cover both the big blind and the ante from the big blind position, what takes precedence? Are they posting the ante first, or are they posting? the big blind first Mm. and the way we will be running it is the way that daniel uh, is a proponent of it's big blind first so if you think about it if i'm posting a ten thousand big blind Mm -hmm. and two other players call that ten thousand let's stick with the same example we came up earlier on you're getting that full triple up to thirty thousand whereas if it's an ante you're only getting your ante back or you're only getting uh, yeah. an eighth of that value because it's not a blind, it's an ante. So what happens to the the, the, the missing antis then? It just becomes a case of he's short stacked and that's the ante. There's no that. ante in this hand. Right. That's okay. how it would work. So again, say for example, the player has 15,000, it would be a 10,000 big blind and they would only be able to post 5,000 for the ante and mm. would be forced all in from the ante perspective. Right. And this this sort of uh, you know rule does favor the amateur and the rich businessman and as both an amateur and a rich businessman i'll allow it (laughs) (laughs) at least half of that was true um i mean obviously it's going to be a a new experience for us um it'll be interesting to see how it does change the game dynamic we've never run it in a main event before but i mean it's great it's great because well with cards up it hasn't been as much of an issue but do you remember back in the day like we would just be like the fuck are we going to talk about now yeah. What the fuck are we going to talk? Please, something happens so we can talk about it. Now you guys will be able to talk about this button, Annie. You'll be able to dine out on this for at least 
And just to be Five clear, it's big blind ante, not button ante. The debate Sorry, big, did, big, excuse me, big yes, blind ante. The debate did take place. If a single player at the table is going to post the ante, who should that player be? Mm. It was decided there's always a big blind. No matter what happens, you know, you might have a dead button, you might have no small blind, but you're always going to have a big blind, and that's why it was decided. Let, that let me the get this right as well, because traditionally, antes are all collected in by yep. the dealer and put to one side. Now, yep. with the big blind ante, does that get added on top of that big blind and make it look a little bit juicy? No. That's stack in front of them. No, again, to use the example I came up with, 5, 10, 10, obviously they're posting the 10,000 big blind, another 10K, which is then taken immediately into the pot as the ante. Okay. Um, now, here's the thing, Joe. Sochi last year, you may remember that the field was on the small side. I think we had yep. about 360-odd players in the main event. Uh-huh. Um, there are already nearly 400 qualifiers for EPT Sochi. Um, so I think we can say with some certainty the field is going to be slightly bigger than it was last year. And the good thing is, and not to take anything away from the locals, a lot of these qualifiers are international qualifiers. So it's not just going to be a, a tournament for Russians, which it kind of was last year. A lot of people are going to be coming to Sochi and playing in this event, but also we do expect a lot of locals to converge on Casino Sochi. And the fact that they've made it a re-entry event, that's much more what the Russian market is used to. Mm. So again, I'm hoping that this is going to be a, a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, I guess 400 qualifiers who are coming internationally, a lot of them, and re-entry, uh, that should make for a pretty solid uh, final tally as opposed to last year. And also, I'm guessing a lo- if these people are... Do we... I wonder what the re-entry numbers are going to be like, though. Interesting, because we've not really done this. No, EPT, I mean, have we? there's certainly going to be a degree of trial and error here. Um, what's, what's the buy-in, may I ask? It's a fi- well, the equivalent of five thousand US dollars. So Obviously, a lot it's... of the journey men and women of of the poker world will be easily able to to buy back in again. One would have thought. Yes, yeah. and again, I know there's going to be a lot of people who will resist this change and say that. It's unfair on the recreational players. It's unfair on the qualifiers to make it re-entry. I think that they had to balance the kind of their their requirements with the fact that in certain markets it's expected. I mean, certainly in the US, Joe, it's ridiculous now to run any main event as a freeze out other than the World Series main event. Literally everything now is at least single re-entry. Yeah, no, it's it's become the standard. And look, I like most people, I fear change. Um, I fear the the uh, big blind anti change a little bit less than the, than the reentry, but uh, maybe hey, maybe it works out. People don't want to travel all that way and and be out within the first few hands and not have a chance to get back into it. I, I guess at the end of the day, if you're doing well, you you welcome more money coming into the prize pool, don't you? Yeah, I also think that we just have to acknowledge the fact, and there's been a lot of research into the type of players that are coming to main events and playing 5k events. They're mostly pros. Mm. You know, these are not tournaments where you get a lot of recreationals. And a lot of the qualifiers we get, we obviously are going to highlight the kind of people that we can relate to, the everyman, but they're few and far between. Most online qualifiers are also major online grinders who probably have the bankroll to to pay that re-entry. You're saying the townspeople of Saatchi don't all flood to the casino (laughs) to play all the locals? They live about a thousand miles away. Those are the locals, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about quickly a couple of things we're doing for the fans. Uh, we've got free rolls every day, as normal. $2,000 Pokestars TV free roll. You'll get the information every single day. Plus, once again, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks back, a chance to win a Platinum Pass. 
And all I'm going to say is make sure you watch every day of the coverage and you need to be watching from the start. You need to be watching from Sunday the 25th to get the details and be in with a chance of winning that Platinum Pass. Um, Richard, I meant to ask, do you feel a sense of history in the fact that you're now part of the EPT. This is the return of the European Poker Tour. None of that Poker Stars Championship oh, nonsense. Oh, it's so exciting, I have to say. It's like it's another thing just to tick off the bucket list and late night poker now part of the, the EPT. I've met Joe Stapleton. Just, you know, I've done things with Joe Stapleton. I've just ticked off so many things. That I, I Joe Stapleton thinks you're handsome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's the you know that's that's it now. I can, I'm done. My work is done. I can sign off. It is going to be weird on Sunday when we go live saying welcome to the Pokestars European Poker Tour because 18 months ago I didn't think that would be a phrase I'd be using again anytime soon. I cried, god damn it. I cried when the EPT ended. That's why I'm not coming back. That's why I'm not coming for the first EPT. I feel burned. I, I feel obviously delighted that the EPT is back and uh, I think it's weird that the EPT is coming back for an event which maybe was not directly associated with the tour. I think it's going to be a different feel in Monte Carlo. For the Mon- for Monte Carlo to be an EPT, I think that's where most of the nostalgia, mm. I think, is going to hit us. Um, you mentioned late night poker. My first question to you, Richard Orford, was going to be, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where well, did you come you get, from, you Cotton get, Eye Joe? Yeah, um, you get a mommy and a daddy and they love each other very much. <laughs> Is this is this a good time for you? To Maybe learn about not this? the entire okay, life story right. so from birth. Move on a little bit. You've got, you've got yeah. a mommy and a daddy, and one of them delivers a pizza to another and some low level lighting. Because <laughs> we kind of just drafted you in from Prague. We obviously it was mainly because we didn't have a Stapleton. Mm. We knew we were going to looking to bolster the team for the PCA because that was going to be an unwieldy beast. So it made sense to to bring in some new people. But it's not like this was your first rodeo. You've done a lot of poker no, over the I years. I mean, my, my background is television and I've been doing it for twenty well, about a quarter of a century now. It's quite good actually to round it up to a quarter of a century because it makes me sound really old but it is coming up to 25 years. And uh, I've, I've, I've done all the stuff that you would do if you'd been in prison. I've done Children's TV, uh, game shows, uh, hard-hitting news documentaries. I've done, I've done the works. But in the background, my hobby has been, over the last 10, 15 years, uh, playing poker. Um, at first, playing live poker, like little local games. And then, obviously, you know, this thing called... I don't, there's a thing called the internet, which took off quite, quite towards the end of the 90s. Do you know what? I, think, <laughs> I, I, mean, do, I do generally believe that once, it, once we embrace the internet, it's going to be a game-changer for poker. It's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be really it's, big, guys. It could... Uh, I don't know. It's, the, the jury's still out, because I remember the whole Betamax VHS wars. But we'll just see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah, uh, the, the internet sort of played its part as well. And before I knew it, I was playing poker loads. And... Um, and so the two it was it wasn't long before the two got married together. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm presenting. There are now an explosion of poker shows. I want to present stuff that I enjoy rather than presenting whatever comes my way, like doing some obscure gardening program or whatever. I want to do something that I know about and can you know get excited about. And um, yeah, I put myself forward and um, for various poker things, and that led on to doing a ten year tenure on a, on a, a long running live. <laughs> poker show, which you know very well, Joe and uh, and James, of course, because that's where I met you guys, and um, yeah, that's that's how we all, that's how the band got together. It's and then, weird how I, virtually this... every single poker broadcaster in the UK has at some point yeah. crossed paths 
normally on that programme. Exactly. But I was the only guy who kept doing it all the way through because I had nothing else to do, whereas they all went on to huge <laughs> things. And I just stayed there, like the now, Ken Barlow of Coronation Street. That's not true, yeah. though, because you mentioned late-night poker, and yeah. that's something I've not been able to tick off my bucket list, and I don't think it's a show that's coming back anytime soon. But that was what started everything before the World Poker Tour, before the World Series added yeah. whole card cameras. Late-night poker was a huge thing in the UK, and you can now say that you're part of that. For, for me, late-night poker, the TV show, and, and, and this isn't to blow my own trumpet, I, I, I feel humbled the fact that I was on that programme. My series of that will, will just be a footnote. The real... The real iconic series of, of, of that program was was series whatever it was, one to five, with Jesse May and Devilfish on it. And I used to absolutely love that show. It's and I would show. I would just hang off every second watching that every single week. For me, that's ground zero of poker. Now you can talk about the, the internet and you can talk about um Chris Moneymaker, but every time you mention any of those things, you can trace it back one step further, and it was the whole card cameras, and it was late night poker and Jesse May and the smoky, uh, the smoky atmosphere and they the shady were characters at the table. That's amazing. I like it how Richard said that he ended up going down the path of poker television because he wanted to do television that interested him and not just what was available. Whereas that's the exact opposite. <laughs> Of how I got into poker television, where they were like, "Do you want to be on TV or not?" And I was like, "Okay." What is it? Um, poker? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, Richard, I want to know what is what is what was your first on-air TV gig? My first on-air TV gig was a, a children's television program back in the early '90s for ITV uh, in in Britain, and it was um, called the Disney Club. And as the name suggests, it was a like a one and a half hour magazine show. Uh, with with like young people on it and the audience of kids, talk, you know, mucking around talking about you know introducing Disney cartoons and going off to the Disney parks and we, I, I must have gone to Euro uh, Euro Disney about fourteen times over the course and of three years. You were the main presenter on that show. Uh, well, there was about two or three of us, and it, and it changed over the years. So you know, like I, I was always there. I was one of the, one of the three. There was me, and there was like usually another guy and a girl, and yeah, it mixed them. How? In the world did you get off that Disney cash cow <laughs> well, and come to it like what what are you thinking I did, well no to be honest I, I got I got a better offer come along which I I did weigh it up because I really wanted to stay at Disney but I got a, a breakfast television show come my way for Channel 4 in the mid 90s so I thought I'd better jump ship and and do that but yeah definitely if that hadn't come along I would probably still be there now introducing Disney cartoons probably looking a little bit creepier for it in, in my in my middle age what is a little bit um, riling though is the fact that I worked on the British Disney Club um, what, what do they call it in the States is it uh, it's the Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse Club the Mickey Mouse Club I worked on the British version of the Mickey Mouse Club now in America as we know Timberlake Timberlake Spears Aguilera Spears, yeah uh, Ryan Gosling yeah and, and, and here I am with you James what what I don't understand what yeah, happened? but you didn't have to appear in La La Land, which was a crock <laughs> of shit, despite what Joe Stapleton may think. Um, just That's out of interest, why 80%, James, 80%. Um, I remember you doing a quiz show, which I think was on Challenge TV in the UK. Correct. And it only ran for one series. But two, that's two, two, two series. series. Thanks, okay, James. So thanks, for, thanks for catching <laughs> the second one. They talk about a difficult second series, but, I mean, come on. That was what that was some of my best work. You, you checked out after that first mainstream series and didn't watch the... 
Well, clearly, really, it's good only second one. the first series that they repeated endlessly for several years. And I remember yeah. asking you, I bloody hope you get residuals for this because they've been airing this every week for the last five years. Yeah, it was one of those classic cases where uh, my agent said, oh, um, it's I've got you a quiz show. Wow, that's amazing. It's two weeks of work and it's X amount of money. I was like, oh, my word, this is um, this is incredible. This is like a massive cash cow. It's, it's no repeat fees though okay fine and then it got repeated like several times a day for the next 15 years and if you actually divide the number of times it's been shown by the amount like, I think it's about 0.01 pence a show I did so it's quite depressing really I should have taken should have taken I mean, the repeats I mean James it's not that dissimilar from us like <laughs> it doesn't happen in England but like our shows run all the time in Canada and the other poker show I do here in the States is on constantly because that channel just doesn't even have enough programming so like yeah let's put poker on again yeah but so, you don't need to be paid in money you just enjoy the ego boost that's true no every time someone sends me a screenshot of of my face on a tv screen from a bar somewhere i'm like yep that's it that's what i'm working for um now joe when i asked richard to come on and be part of our sochi preview and be our guest on the show the first thing richard said is can i be on superfan versus stapes and i went no, but you can be in a quiz because Joe always does some dumb... Yeah, but I want to do a movie quiz. I want to answer questions about movies. The man has a list of all the films he's seen on his phone. He might be an even bigger movie nerd than me. That... Yeah, he's definitely a, a bigger... Like, maybe, like, a more meticulous movie nerd than you, but also my guess is that you don't need it written down because it's all in your fucking brain. Yeah, You're like, the, well, I'm I like worried about this. Movie more than... You're like, James... And James would immediately be like, oh, "Well, that technically that movie came out in 2016." <laughs> like, yeah, and I was I was really cool about this quiz until I listened to last week's podcast. You know, in, in, coming in today, and I just heard right on the end, "Yeah, Richard's coming next week, and uh, and he'll be taking on James at the movie quiz." And Stapes is writing the questions. I was like, "I'm out, I'm out, <laughs> panic." <laughs> so okay, this is so. <sighs> the, go on. This quiz, I'm calling it fantasy versus reality. Now, every question is going to be based on my favorite movies from this decade. Okay. Every movie will have one question about what happens in the movie, which will have some multiple choice answers. Every question, yes. Is there any chance that there can be a round about 1960s French Nouvelle Vague films? Uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm all about the French Nouveau Vague films. Unfortunately, it is from this decade only. Uh, That's not, I, all, I, I researched all of the 1920s Russian silent avant-garde movies and... Are you trying to tell me we're not doing that now? You guys, if it was going to be about the action? types of movies I really love, it would be all about, you know... Um, <laughs> Debbie going to... MILFs and Dallas. babysitters. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. So here we go, guys. I'm a little okay. bit worried so, because, in all honesty, I think the last decade is probably the period of cinema history I know the least yeah, about. I've probably seen the least number of films from. 80s, okay. 80s would have been good for me, not showing my age. but 70s. Let's, I can do the yeah, 70s. 70s and 80s, maybe. Yeah. Well, I okay. wanted to do a quiz based on trivia that I myself know, right? right. Like, questions I came up with myself that I wouldn't have to look stuff up. It's going to be about La La Land, isn't it? There's going to be a La La Land question in there. Hold on a second. So what I've done, I started (laughs) with 2010. Even though 2010 doesn't really include this decade, I needed an even number of uh, of years to go through. Uh, Basically, every every question has a multiple choice answer. And then a bonus question is called Fantasy versus Reality because the bonus question is about something in real life related to the movie. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, And you (laughs) get one. so much more complicated than it needs to be. You guys each get one where you can turn down the movie and force your opponent to answer it like if you haven't seen it 
Right. And you want to you want to force Richard? You can force him, Richard. You can force James. You each get okay. one of those. Okay. Just, just one. One. To- How many questions are there in total? Can I just check? There <laughs> there are a total of eight questions. Eight questions. I'll get one a, shot. There's, there's one a shot. T- and there's yeah. a tiebreaker. Okay. Now, but every question does have a bonus attached. <laughs> can I just go back to subsection three, paragraph four? <laughs> What is the penalty points for... for Look, I would have, it would have been explained clearly and concisely, but I got interrupted a bunch of times. <laughs> Are you right. keeping score? Uh, sure, I'll keep score. Hold on. He hasn't got I a pen and paper, do you remember? No, he, he, he wasn't writing notes down before. He's literally right, looking for a pen. Okay. I got a pen. Now it's the paper I need. Here we go. Okay, so we're going to go James. That's one person. Good start. And then Richard, he's the other person. Okay. In okay. all seriousness, when I keep scoring Superfan versus Stapes, I hate it when the Superfan has a name that begins with J because I end up writing J and J, and then I lose track of who's got what number of points. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Richard, as our guest, you're going to go first. Okay. Uh, but there's no uh, choosing of questions. Here we go. Question number one. Ugh. I guess My... I have to keep a poker face because I can't show that I know the answer in case you try right. and bounce it to yeah. me. What to... have you got in front of you? Because you've got your laptop open. That worries me slightly. Uh, do you want to... I've got some pictures of sound waves. All right, I'll let you off. Oh, I can see Joe on that. Do you look at e- you look at each other during this? Yes. Yeah. Is there any reason for seeing each other? I can't see. Well, them. it helps with like comedic timing a little bit, and we <laughs> know when the other person wants to say something rather than having to be like, "Excuse me." And as I've said many times, there is something strangely calming about that bearded visage. Right, okay. It's basically uh, so you can do little uh, hand signals at him where that the, the listeners can't well, see. Joe actually yeah. sent me a, a screen grab last week because I was illustrating a point about, and I kept saying there's one, what, the number one, and unfortunately I was holding up this finger. Right. And so basically Joe's got a screen grab of me giving him the finger. Uh, and my face is strangely calming because when you look at it, you go, well, at least that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, so, Richard, yes. your first question regards my favorite movie of 2010, <sighs> The A Team. Okay, I haven't. Okay, yeah, I saw that once on some really dodgy stream. I didn't really, I wasn't really paying attention. But go ahead. Uh, okay, so you're gonna take the question and not force James to answer it. I how how like just just before we start, how how hardcore are these questions? Is it a very generic question about the A Team, or is it like do you have to you really can't know that get film? Clues on the question before you decide whether to accept it or not. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta go with James on this one. Oh. As much as it pains me to oh, agree with wow. him. Oh wow. Okay, okay. Let's just take the first one. Let's take the. First He's gonna one. take it. Okay. okay. <laughs> Over which musical act? Did Bradley Cooper and Jessica Biel's characters bond? Okay, I'm going to have to take the multiple choices. Choices are Van Morrison, The Eagles, Mm -hmm. Steely Dan, Mm -hmm. Leonard Cohen. You know when you're just trying to actually think of an answer to something you just have no recollection? I don't remember Jessica Biel being in the movie. No, I don't. (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. The weird thing is, I saw this film at the cinema in Las Vegas with Joe memorable. Stapleton and the weird thing is he remembers more about it than I do this is one of your favourite movies from that year you, did you not see many films that year my actual favourite movie from that wow, year was The wow. 18 okay um, I'm going to go with Steely Dan Steely Dan is correct yes are you seriously telling me that The A-Team is, is you prefer The A-Team to Inception yes The Social Network yes okay carry on now, I'm not saying I didn't like Inception, or I would even say that Inception is a better movie than The A-Team, but I enjoyed The A-Team more than any other movie that year. All right, bonus question from The A-Team, Richard. Yep. Now, the bonus is you are able to steal, James, so... Woo. After publicly criticizing the movie, this is the real-life part of it, Mr. T's attorney said he shouldn't have made such a statement because... He's written himself out a chance of being in the sequel. Not the answer. James, you want to take a guess? 
I've no idea. He hadn't seen the movie. Oh, Mr. T. And the thing is, Mr. T's been on social media recently talking about watching curling in the Olympics. He's obsessed by it. He was too busy watching curling. Yeah. He also, believe it or not, you know my old co-host, Huff, he produces this movie called White Princess uh, that's on the BBC. Mr. T loves it. (laughs) Question number two, James, this is you. My favorite movie of 2011, Drive. Yes. Big fan. Wish I, wish I could have had this one. What car does Brian Cranston's character say is the most common in the state of California? Half a point for the make, half a point for the model. If you go for without the multiple choices, or you can take the multiple choice. Oh, my God. I'll just smoke Sorry, sit one, back in my one seat being one, one, point, one point for make, one point for model. Sorry, if you don't go for the multiple choice. You know what? I can remember the line in the movie, but I just can't hear it. I'm going to have to take the multiple choice options, and as soon as I hear it, I will get it. Was it the Chevy Impala? Yes. The Honda Civic? It's the Chevy Impala. Chevy Impala is correct. That's one point for James. God damn it. Excellent. James, reality question, bonus question. What car was the most common in the state of California in 2017? Oh. Um, Toyota Camry. Toyota Camry is incorrect. Richard for steel? Ugh. Um, uh, Dodge. Honda Civic. Oh. Tied at 1-1. Question three. My favorite movie of 2012, Richard. Jack Reacher. Okay. The first one was quite good, actually. I quite liked it. Second one was Garbage. Here we go. Not so much, yeah. Uh, The question is, in the climax of the film, from where does Jack claim he's going to drink the villain's blood? From. He's gonna, oh, he's going to drink it from his skull, presumably. You sure you don't want the multiple choice? I want the multiple choice, please. <laughs> I, I forgot about the multiple choice. <laughs> so let's have the multiple is, choice. I was just thinking out loud he, there. Is he going to drink it from a pint glass, Okay. a shot glass, yeah. a martini glass, yeah. or a boot? A martini glass. Martini glass is incorrect. It was from a boot. I will drink your blood from a boot. Good line. Bonus question. Yeah. What is the name of the real-life city the movie takes place in? Detroit. James for Steel? I cannot remember where the movie was set. Um, Philadelphia. So close. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. God damn it. Right state, wrong city. Yeah, buddy. Good one. Okay, back to James. My favorite movie of 2013, Captain Phillips. Oh, God. I can barely remember this, but I'll give it a go. What was the crew of the Alabama doing when the pirates first arrived? What do you mean what they were doing? They were at sea. <laughs> Manning a boat? I'll have to take the multiple choice options. As the spec- were, they, were they sleeping? Right. Were they playing cards? Were they running an emergency drill? Or were they playing Call of Duty? I know the answer to this. I'll say they were sleeping. Sleeping is incorrect. They were running an emergency, emergency drill. drill. Yeah, oh. yeah. Which is actually what was happening in real life too. That was part of that is an actual fact that they were running the drill when the pirates first arrived in real life. James, the bonus question. Yes. What is the name of the shipping company that Captain Phillips works for? The big shipping company. Richard for Steel. Oh, I, I wish I could. I wish I could have seen this film. Wow, this is this is this is seriously hard. I'm really pleased that we're performing as badly uh, in one of Joe's games uh, as every poker player who's ever <laughs> appeared on this podcast. Uh, is it is it based on real life or is it is it a fictitious? Correct. This is the real life question. Oh, it's a real life. It's really, uh, 
the the USA ships. Maersk. We're looking for Maersk. That's the one. Maersk, yeah. So close. By the way, so all of these questions, yeah. by the way, are just things that I have remembered from the movie. So I was hoping that you guys would remember them too. Whatever. Here we go. Question number five. Uh, Richard. Yep. My favorite movie of 2014, Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. What are the names given to the alien species attacking Earth in this movie? Like, what is what? What do we call that alien? Those alien creatures. I I multiple I, choices. Go, yes, please. Are available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Multiple choices. Are please. they the so, Minkas, the Mimics, the Micmacs, or the Mizzers? It, it can't be the Mizzers. It can't be the Micmacs. There's just no way it's the Micmacs. Uh, it's one of the first two. What were the first two again? The Mink, Minkas and Mimics. I'm going with the Minkas. Minkas is incorrect. It was the Mimics. Ah! Oh, oh, brutal. Brutal. Richard, real life question here. A real what? life question on time traveling. Okay, cool. Go for what it. did the director, Doug Lyman, want the name of this movie to be? Yes, he wanted it to be Live, Die, Repeat. And it eventually that got is called correct. that. Thank you. That's what it's called. The that, the... It's now called that, which yeah. is a much better title. I disagree. And I prefer Edge of Tomorrow. No, I, I didn't. When, when when I bought the Blu-ray, I didn't like the fact that it's basically now live, die, repeat, and in brackets, Edge of Tomorrow. Well, I don't like that bit, but I, like, but I think it would have done better at the box office had it just been called Live, Die, Repeat. Mm. Well, the original title to the movie, even before. Oh, Edge I know, of I know what was, that is as well. All you need is kill. All you need is kill. That's correct. I thought that one would be too hard. Okay, James, back to you. You're losing two to one now. Oh no. Remember, you can still force your opponent to answer a question if you want. Now, by my calculations, we've reached 2015. I'm intrigued Correct. to hear what your favorite movie of 2015 was. My favorite movie of 2015 was The Revenant. Yes, I remember that vaguely. I just, I've just i only seen these movies once. Same that's here. the problem. That my, the that's problem. why my recollection is so yeah. poor. And if you watch a lot of movies, then eventually it all becomes a bit of a blur, doesn't it? Unless it's a film that you've just seen again and again and mm. again. Anyway, sorry. Maybe Richard's trying to fake you out, hoping you'll force him to answer no, I'm this gonna, question I'm going to attempt, I'm going to attempt to answer a question about the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. Please, I hope that's the question. <laughs> all right, James. What is the name of Leonardo DiCaprio's son in the movie? I'll need the multiple choice options, please. Was it Hawk, Bear, Eagle, or Beaver? I think it was Hawk. There's no way it was Beaver. That's a that's a Joe Stapleton uh, option. Hawk is in. correct. There's no way it's Beaver. I just like to fit in a vagina reference whenever I can. I knew it. I knew it. So, James, you've tied things up. Your bonus question. Yes. The movie The Revenant is based on a novel, but the 2002 novel is based on a what from 1905? Stage play? It was uh, Richard for Steel. Oh, well, in that case, then it must be a silent film a poem it was based on a poem uh, uh, richard back to you there was a poem where a bear basically does naughty things he went out a, there got mauled by a bear <laughs> yeah and and then some yeah stop your shit talk i miss my son hawk okay uh my favorite movie of 2016 richard my little Pony. deadpool, deadpool. yeah deadpool fine fine I've seen that what is Deadpool's favorite mo favorite food that he references just before the big end fight? Multiples, please. Is it tacos, burritos, mm -hmm. taquitos, mm -hmm. or chimichangas? Chimichangas. 
Chimichangas is correct. Thank he you. said, now let's make some fucking chimichangas. Real life question. Okay. Hugh Jackman's 2008 People magazine cover declaring him sexiest man alive appears in the film. Name one of the other two men featured on the cover with Jackman. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to use a bit of logic reasoning here. Hugh Jackman's on the front. There's kind of lots of X-Men references in it, uh, lots of little in-jokes. So I'm going to say one of the other... I, I reckon two. the two guys were... This is a real-life People magazine cover. Okay, I'm... Oh, it, it was an actual cover in real life, and this was two Correct. of the sexiest men in the world at the time. So Hugh Jackman's on the cover, and there's two other men featured below him. Name uh, one of the other two. Uh, I'll have to go DiCaprio then, I think. DiCaprio's incorrect. James for Steele. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise incorrect. Brad Pitt and Zac Efron were the other two on the cover. Uh, I was going to say somebody. I was going to say Patrick might have, Stewart might and Ian McKellen. <laughs> might have guessed Brad Pitt is to be one of the sexiest men alive. Seemed like an obvious answer to me. All right, mm. James. So this is the final question. This is the final question. I'm down Richard's the... up three to two on you. Okay, he's, I'm down a point, and it's 2017, so it's going to be about Get Out. My favorite movie of 2017 was, in fact, Logan. Okay, I'll give it a go. What alias is Logan using in this film? Oh, wow. Wow. What do you mean when he's hanging out at his apartment? But he's got a, a normal name. I don't know what I'm trying to help yeah, That's you. right. He doesn't go by on his driver's license well, as far as people who know him in his job. Multiple choice options, please. Here we go. I reckon James Howell. James Hewitt. James Howlett. James Houghton. James Howlett? James Howlett is correct. James Hardigan has tied the game. He's got his bonus question. What is the name of the comic book that this particular Logan story is based on for the win? Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan is correct. James at the zero hour catches the bonus question to edge out Richard Orford in a score of four to three. That was inevitable. I knew as coming in here, I knew I was going to lose this. I just wondered how I was going to do it. And I did it right at the death. I thought I'd get thrashed, but no, I managed it somehow. Oh, Richard, thank you very much for coming in. And uh, yes, we're going to be hearing a lot more from you in the coming days when we kick off our five days of streaming from Sochi, PokerStars TV, twitch.tv slash PokerStars, and of course, uh, youtube.com slash PokerStars as well. Thank you. Thank you. Poker in the ears. So, Joe, just before we talk about the F word, and by that I mean free roll and i now can't say it without a huge sigh in my voice uh, i just want to bring something else to everyone's it attention be free, free roll question mark before we talk about the free roll <laughs> uh, because uh, this is our last podcast for a while i want to give everyone a heads up on something that's happening in early april so this is post sochi uh post easter it's the first ever play money charity tournament on poker stars and it's happening on friday the 6th of april which i'm informed is the international day of sport for development and peace which is a bit of a mouthful i really the, think ID, need... the idsdp yes I, I do think they could do with it condensing that slightly um so here's that's how this is going to work it's a five billion play money chip guarantee but it's not so much about the play money as it is about the real money for charity because for Every player who registers, well, certainly the first 5,000 players who register for this charity game, PokerStars will donate $10 to Right to Play. 
So they're looking to donate 50 grand if 5,000 people sign up to this. Obviously, if we get more runners, that's great. But for the first 5,000 to register, $10 per player will be donated to Right to Play. And it does sound like fun, and it's going to be open to everyone in the world because it doesn't matter if you're in the US and can only play Play Money Poker. There's going to be PokerStars pros with 5 million Play Money chip bounties on their heads including Fatima, Moneymaker, Barry G, uh, Selena Lynn, and Finton Hand. Joe, there's the chance to bust Moneymaker from a Play Money charity game. How are you not going to seize that opportunity? Is this... Okay, so I have a few questions regarding this event. One, this is like on .NET, so like Americans can get in on this. And yes. play, I assume that's why Barry G's involved. Yes. Excellent. Very good. Uh, two, my question is... I I realize this is for play money. Yes. So if I, on this radio show, keep mentioning like that it's a five billion guarantee, do you have to keep back ending that with with making sure that it's play money? Yes. So if I say there's a five million bounty on Barry G, that's play money chips. In a five billion guarantee, play money chips. <laughs> this would be an absolute nightmare if it, if like. Just because of me, I say something on this podcast, and it costs the company $5 billion. They're like, well, one of your spokespeople said it. Oh, man, that would be a, such a way to go out in a blaze of glory. I was going to say, that could be the fuck-up, which would be your <laughs> your resignation letter. Um, so once again, $5 billion guarantee. Play money chips. Uh, let's, talk five about, million. let's talk about real money, Poker Joe, because there is going to be another free roll. Last week, we went from the sublime to the ridiculous. Last week, no one could play. This week, everyone could play. So <laughs> here's the deal. It's still going to be a double price pool, so $1,000. Now, it is going to be restricted. I've seen the code. It will be restricted to <laughs> Europe and Canada. Sorry, Russia and Ukraine, you're out. And it's going to take place on the eve of our first day of coverage from Sochi, which means you're going to get six free rolls in a row, Saturday nice. through Thursday. Uh, taking place on Saturday, the 24th of March. Uh, at this point... The clocks will have changed in America, but not in Europe, because that happens Saturday into Sunday. So it's five minutes past two in the afternoon, Eastern Daylight Time. That's 6.05 p.m. GMT, 7.05 p.m. Central European Time. And we're calling it the Sochi Soiree, because it's a precursor to what we're going to be doing from Sochi over the following five days. Now, the game is not going to deploy until 10 minutes before the start of the tournament trying to keep this as exclusive as we possibly can it won't appear in the lobby until 10 minutes before that start time there will be no i repeat no late <laughs> registration we're and, almost positive there will be no late registration and the password is a number and two words all added together five day stream so that's the number five figure five and then D-A-Y-S-T-R-E-A-M, lowercase. Five-day stream is the password for Sochi Soiree taking place on Saturday the 24th of March. And do you know what? I might turn my phone off on Saturday evening. I don't want to know. I literally do not want to know. And th normally this would be the time where I would have some fun with goofing on the password, like saying stuff that might confuse you, but I'm just not going to do it because I really, really want this to work. Indeed. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. 
So please welcome to Poke in the Ears, a man who's already been a winner with us once before. Hopefully we're going to make him a winner once again. We welcome Mikaway Sip, aka Moongleam, the winner of the Platinum Pass from our PCA live stream challenge. Welcome to the show, Mikaway. Woo! Yeah, how are you guys doing? We're really good. Has have you Moon Gleam? Have you come back down to Earth yet after winning your Platinum Pass? Uh, well, I think I have actually. Uh, it has sunk in eventually. Uh, so, yeah. Because <laughs> the last time we spoke, which was at the PCA, the day that we conducted the draw and awarded you with that pass, I think it's fair to say you were a little bit of, a little bit in shock. Uh, an element of disbelief. You were happy, obviously, but it hadn't quite sunk in yet. No, it hasn't. It, it, it had another time, you know. Um, yeah, I was uh, flabbergasted, but, but it was it was a good feeling, though. It was a, oh, it was a very good feeling. I, I've got to tell you that. <laughs> and the week that you won your platinum pass was, of course, during the PCA coverage. And while you were watching the coverage that week, what was your favorite bit of mine? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, to be frank, I can't remember now. <laughs> James, get the edit button ready. Edit this out. That is Cut the this. correct answer. I thought your answer was going to be my favourite bit was your coverage of the Apologies. first day of the Super High Roller where Joe wasn't there. Um, just remind us, McQuay, because we have spoken before, what is your deal, bro, to steal Joe's question? What do you do for, for a living? Oh, okay, I, I work for this uh, charity, um, which, which is based in, well, mainly in East Midlands, called uh, Carers Trust, yeah. And I remember from our last conversation that you hadn't played a lot of live poker. You were mainly an occasional online player. Has that changed in the last few months? Since you've won the Platinum Pass, has your preparation plan for the PSPC come into effect? Right, it, it has changed a bit, yeah. Because uh, first, first thing I did, I went to, I went down to my local casino to, to get, you know, just to get the feel. And I've been going twice a week uh, since, <laughs> well, at, at least twice a week, and it, it, it's been great. Uh, uh, obviously, those turns are out James. James turns out playing poker is <laughs> really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it it is. There there is no tanking. There, there are no. There is no animosity between players. You know, the atmosphere is absolutely friendly. Uh, you know, everybody knows everybody. Uh, so it's been, it's been real great, you know. Um, yes, I went yesterday. I'm going again today, tonight. I went yesterday, finished third from the money. From the money. So, uh, then, well, I'm pleased with my game. I was just unlucky. <laughs> we I mean, can't have you doing that in the Players' Championship next year because, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about this already, but you're free rolling. So a min cash for you is going to be like close to 50 grand profit. Exactly. Yeah. It's just um, very, it's going to be a very expensive holiday, very luxurious holiday for me. So it, it's, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> I think the key advice would be don't go with any expectations. Don't go with any objectives. Just enjoy the experience. And the good thing is because obviously you got that pass quite early on in the first month of the whole year-long promotion, you've got that time to prepare. And as part of that preparation plan, you have been saddled, apologies for using the word, but you've been saddled <laughs> with crazy Chris Moneymaker as a coach? I mean, what were they thinking? <laughs> well, you know, it was like one bombshell after after another. So first the pass, then uh, then Chris Moneymaker agreed to uh, coach me. It was, it, I mean, the treatment that I've uh, been getting from uh, from PokerStars 
has been like tremendous. It's been a royal a royal treatment that I've been getting from you guys. So, yeah, I just I just couldn't believe it when um, Gary from uh, Pokestars rang me and said that Chris Moneymaker offered to yeah uh, to coach me. I was just. <laughs> Again, I was flabbergasted. Okay, here, here's my advice regarding Moneymaker's advice. Do not, like, let him coach you at poker. He's, I don't know, somewhat qualified. Do not let him coach you at spelling, okay? Whatever you do, do not give this man access to your Twitter account. He cannot help you in that department. This is how I picture Chris's coaching going, by the way. So uh, what you're going to want to do is flop a lot of sets. Uh, this, this is a flip. You're going to want to win these. These are really important. Like what? What could Moneymaker possibly have to say other than that? Well, um, I'm I'm sure he's a bit more qualified than uh, you just put. <laughs> uh, uh, and the thing is, li listen, guys. The thing is that this is going. I mean, it, it hasn't kicked off yet. But but once it kicks off the, the training, th this will be for life. It's not just going to be for the next year's event, right? You know, I'm going to keep that uh, information or whatever he's going to teach me uh, till, you know, till uh, till the day I decide to uh, retire from poker. So it's, you know, again, a win-win situation, I suppose. Yeah. I love the Oh my god, are the are the marketing guys listening to this? That is the <laughs> that is the James, all we got to do to get get people playing poker for life is give them 30 grand well exactly we're going to get our thirty thousand dollars worth of uh, marketing value from mcaway which is why we brought you onto the podcast but in all seriousness we wanted you on as a super fan because you are someone who watches the streams who listens to what we do and that's how you're able to win your platinum pass by watching the stream so you know this is our reward to you is giving you the chance to win something even better than a platinum pass and that is a 22 dollar tournament ticket and a mini yeah. chip set yeah <laughs> that's again fantastic <laughs> <laughs> so normally the rules of this quiz are once a subject has gone it's gone and we did have a friends superfan a few months back but because you're a Platinum Pass winner, that gives you a pass to pick whatever the fuck you want, which is why we have a Friends quiz ready and waiting to go. Twelve questions which have been compiled by our trusty interns, Robbie and Matty. Uh, I'm going to give you five questions each, and just to recap how it works, each question has multiple choice options. Now, if you know it, if you are 100% sure of the answer and can get it without the multiple choice options, that's two points. If you need the choices, the score reduces to one point. And Mikaway, because you're our guest, because you're our super fan, because you're a goddamn platinum pass winner, you get to go first. So please pick a question between one and 12. All right, uh, question number one, please. Question number one. What is the name of the neighbor who leaves everything to Monica and Rachel when he dies? That's Mr. Heckles, isn't it? It is Mr. Heckles for two points. I'm in big trouble. I was going to ask you, would you have known that? I would not have known that. And also, I was going to say that, you know, often I, I don't take any pleasure in beating the super fans, um, even though I rarely do. In Mickaway's case, because he's already won a great prize, I'm going to I'm going to try my hardest because I won't feel bad about him missing out on $22 at this point. As we well know, Joe, there is no try. Questions 2 through 12 are available. Where do you want to go on the board? Let's go with uh, number 12. Number 12. Which laundry detergent does Ross use to try and impress Rachel? Oh, I, I know that one. <laughs> I will take the choice, please. Is it Uberweiss, Extra Tough, Tide 
or Snuggles? Tied. It's not tied, and because the multiple choice options have been given, I'm afraid you can't steal, Mikaway, but tell us the answer anyway. It's A. It is, Uberweiss. Yep. And it's your question. Uh, questions 2 through 11 are available. 2, please. Question number 2. What is Dr. Drake Ramore's speciality branch of medicine? You, he's a neurosurgeon. He is, for two points. Come on, Joe, okay. let's get you on the board. All right. Uh, what did he take, two? He took two. I'm going to go 11. 11. What does Phoebe change her name to? I'll know this when I hear the choices. Go on. Is it Regina Falange, Crap Bag, Phoebe Hannigan, or Princess Consuela Banana Hammock? <laughs> it is Regina Falange. It is no, not. No, it's D. <laughs> it is Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Where does where does where does Regina Falange come from? Why do I know that name? It has appeared in Friends a couple of times, but J James, you you have oh. come un you have un you have come unprepared to the competition. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is what happens when you outsource the questions, and it's about a TV show that you've never watched. Um, Joe, there is a bonus question. Which of these is not one of Phoebe's songs? Babies, Crusty Old Man, Jingle Bitch, or Soy Latte? Aye. Soy latte. Correct. You're on the board. You have a point. Woo! Mikaway, your question. Alright. Question number three. Number three. What is Marcel the Monkey's favourite song? Uh. I'm going to take the fact that Mikaway needs choices here as a win for no, me. No, no, no. No, I know this. <laughs> you can take the multiple choice options, should you so desire. Right. Uh. The title, I, I know the song, I just need to think of the title, hang on. It's going to be The Lion Sleeps Tonight, that's the song. It is The Lion Sleeps Tonight, correct. Yeah. yeah. And Wait, that's the name of the song? Yes. And there Got is it. a bonus question. Which okay. zoo did Marcel get taken to after Ross gave him up? Which zoo? Uh, I remember that episode, but I'm not gonna... Uh... Have I got the options? There Choose are no one. options. Oh, okay, no options. Yeah. And I'll put you under pressure because you should know this. Answer now. Uh, no. Joe, you can up. steal. The Bronx Zoo. San Diego. San Diego, yeah. Okay, the score is 6-1. And Joe, it's your question. Uh, question 10, please. Who sang the theme tune to Friends? The Rembrandts. Correct, for two points. Yeah. Okay, McAway, your penultimate question. Four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, all available. Four, please. Question four. What's the name of the band at Chandler and Monica's wedding? I, I know it has something to do with the swing. The swing something. Would you like the multiple uh, choice options? Yes, I, I've, got, I've got to take the... Uh, Is it Carcass, the, the Smelly Cats, the Jungle Kids, or the Swing Kids? Yeah, the Swing Kids. For Car one Carcass. Yeah. Uh, Joe, your penultimate question. Five through nine on the board. Lucky number nine, please. Which of the friends is second to find out about Monica and Chandler? Jesus Christ. Second to find out. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I think... mean, the choices don't really. I don't need multiple choices. You might as well just guess because you know what the four <laughs> options are going to be. Right. Let me just see what the four options are. Okay, so... Monica and Chandler, they can't be the answer. So that leaves us with Ross, Joey, Phoebe, and Rachel. 
You don't get a point for naming the other four characters in Friends. <laughs> correct, correct. No, that's all right. I'm just working this out, millionaire style. Uh, Joey is the second. It was Rachel. Uh, so, we have a 7-3 game. Mikaway, your final question. Is it going to be question number five? Yeah, let's go with that one, yeah. After finding out that his wife is a lesbian, who does Ross nearly sleep with? Huh? <laughs> oh, hang on. Um, who does he nearly sleep with? Um, that was in the alternate reality episode, I think, and, it's, and, and it was uh, Phoebe. Was it was Phoebe? Phoebe for two points. Yeah, yeah. And Joe, for your final question, which number would you like? I like, like? how, e even though, like, once he's not sure of, he still gets right. It's like fucking bullshit. Uh, number eight. Number eight. How many sisters does Joey have? <laughs> Can I have the choices, please? Five, six, seven, or eight. Six. It's seven. always coming seven, Joe. There is a bonus, however. Which of Joey's yeah. sisters does Chandler drunkenly fool around with? Teresa. No, it was Mary Angela. So the final score is nine <laughs> points to the superfan, three points to Joe Stapleton. Congratulations once again, Mikaway. We're going to continue to give you more stuff. Granted, it is coming down slightly several notches from a platinum pass, but a $22 satellite ticket plus a mini chipset will be winging its way to you very soon. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever played one. So, yeah, <laughs> new experience this is, again. This is gonna how it's going to go down, James. He's going to break the player's championship, but then he's going to go back to his hotel room and be like, oh, I have a $22 ticket. And then he's going to like win the Sunday Million that day. Like That's the, that's the Hollywood version. Mikaway, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Good luck with all of your preparations for the PokeStars Players Championship. Uh, ignore Moneymaker. And we will see you in the Bahamas in January. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in the Bahamas, guys. Yeah. Later, smelly cat. Well, my babies, that's almost all the time we've got for this week's show. Coming up next week, and when I say next week, that will be several weeks in real time from now. But the next episode will be recapping EPT Sachi in your face. Uh, since then, between now and then, you will get to watch EPT Sachi. You'll be able to watch the live stream. No podcasts anymore from location. After Sachi, we've got an Easter break. In the meantime, for this show... Please rate us, review us, and maybe we'll come back. Spoiler alert, we will be back. Uh, <laughs> just so you've got the date, Thursday the 19th of April is when the next episode of Poker in the Ears will be out. As Joe mentioned, we'll have a Sochi recap. I'm intrigued to get the skinny on Joe's new TV gig. We'll find out how it's been going. On Maybe I'll get a memo from Joe, which is like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, I hope there it's could not. be that memo. I really hope I don't get that memo. I hope it's like, yeah, I really want to talk about how amazing this has been. Uh, if you don't end up hearing about the show, <laughs> you know, you know what happened. But maybe, <laughs> just maybe, I'll have like a whole bunch of new celebrity friends that I can have on the show who will be guests now. Because I'm like, because I'm friends with George from Seinfeld now, and I'm friend friends with Todd Hockney from The Usual Suspects. So who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, and of course, we are still accepting applications for Superfan versus Stapes. We just got a whole clear, mess of shows when we get back. You do not have to be a Platinum Pass winner 
to be on this podcast. As long as you are a fan of this show, you watch our live streams or you enjoy our TV shows, send your application, hashtag poker in the ears. And of course, we need a specialist subject. And ideally, it's very rare that we will allow a redo. So please try and come up with something original. And ideally, it needs to be a movie that Joe's either seen or he can watch uh, the evening before the podcast record. Um, Or... I know this is controversial, but maybe something poker-related. We did have that GPL-themed quiz recently, which I thought worked really well. That was kind of fun, yeah. So uh, you don't have to win a Platinum Pass, but you do have to kiss our Platinum Ass to get on the show. That is all the time we have got for James Hardigan. I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Whoa.